Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the 7 a.m. Eastern Time Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Amy G, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Maryland. Today's date is Thursday, January 25th, 2024. Today we are reading from the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous, and we are in the doctor's opinion on page XXX, the fourth paragraph, starting in starting with then there are types ending in intelligent friendly people unpacking that little paragraph plenty there today's readers are and thank you so much team thursday reva p judy n laura z on the steps jen p tradition susan g Newcomer greeter Susan S.H. and the host for the second awesome unrecorded hour, Eileen M. The reference numbers for yesterday, Wednesday, January 24, 2024, 7 a.m. Eastern Time meeting is, was 21,069-21069. And for the 10 a.m. meeting yesterday, 21,070. That's 21070. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask for Jen P. to read the 12 steps. Please go ahead, Jen. Hey, thank you so much. This is Jen P. from New Jersey, and a privilege to read these beautiful steps, the 12 steps. Step one, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, 
promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you. Thank you so much, Jen P. I will now ask for Susan G. to read the 12 traditions. Please go ahead, Susan. Good morning. Susan G. in Tennessee, Recovered Compulsive Overeater. Uh, the 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need to always maintain personal anonymity at the level of radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for letting me be of service, and I apologize for my dogs barking, and I'll pass. Thank you. All good, Susan. Thank you so much. We heard you clear. Okie dokie, how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. If you go over, you'll hear me say time or you'll hear my buzzer. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. Again, this meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute your phone. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone again. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today, we resume our study 
We are in the doctor's opinion chapter. We are on page Roman numeral XXX. We are on the fourth paragraph, and I'm going to ask Reva P. to get us started. Please go ahead, Reva. Can't wait. Hey, good morning. This is Reva P., grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater in Toronto. Then there are types entirely normal in every respect, except in the effect alcohol has upon them. They are often able, intelligent, friendly people. So these um, couple of paragraphs, including the ones above, are talking about different types. And I have to be careful here that I don't start doing a whole analysis to figure out which type am I, how many types am I, because the whole point here mm -hmm. is for me to identify in to identify in, how do I relate to this? Because it's leading up to this next paragraph, which we'll talk about tomorrow, because there's one common factor with all of these types. Um, so when I think about it being entirely normal, like if they didn't put the word entirely there, maybe I could say I was really normal in every respect, because I thought I was very able, intelligent, and friendly. Well, I was pretty um, isolating when I was heavily into the food, but probably friendly. But yeah, no matter how cool I was, no matter how intelligent I was, no matter how smart I was in any other area of my life, it was a physiological mandate that when I put certain ingredients or foods into my body, my body was compelled because of this strange allergy that has this craving after I ingest the substance, I was compelled to eat more and more and more. And it was like a tornado, which just built and built and built. And the more I ate, the more I wanted, the more I wanted, the more I ate. Um, and then even if I had, I mean, I didn't have more than a couple of hours at the most towards the end of, um, you know, refraining my mind and the obsession of that mind just drove me right back to the thing I was allergic to. So what was the common factor? I had a physical allergy and it was such a relief to realize I didn't have to have a psychiatric di diagnosis. I didn't have to be emotionally unstable to qualify. I just have to have this allergic reaction. And then a mind that told me to go back to take the thing that I was allergic to. Um, but entirely normal. I think once I did put the food down and started working the steps and to this day, you know, my mind got so conditioned to diseased thinking, negative thinking, fear-based thinking, all the resentments, all that gook that gets cleaned out in the inventory process and continues as we work 10, 11, and 12. I don't know how normal that is. I don't know. I think there's a lot of, yeah, mindset that um, goes along with this disease. So I don't know about being entirely normal, um, but I did think I was. I did think that when I got the food stuff in order, um, I guess if it was just the physical allergy and it was like a peanut allergy, then I'd be good to go. But I have the other stuff in the mind and that's why I need to work the steps. Like my hair is on fire. And with that, I pass. Thank you so much, Riva P for getting us started. Alrighty, so although we value your experience, strength and hope, if you've shared in the last couple of days, uh, namely, 
Tuesday or Wednesday on any of the Vision for You meetings, we ask that you kindly step inside so that others may share their experience, strength, and hope as well. So who would like to share on what was read? Need your name and initial Chris- your last name, please. Christina J. from Jerry- North Carolina. Christina J. I think it was a Jackie somebody. Uh, Jerry P. as in Tom and Jerry. Okay, Jerry P. Mitchell G. from St. Petersburg, Florida, Florida. Mitchell P. G. Oh, okay, Mitchell G. Thank you. Anyone else? Chris G. in Tennessee. Wanda R. G. Uh, Zane W. in Chicago. Wanda R. Zane W. Thank you. Karen K. Karen K. Okay. And I think we lucky lucky W. from Nashville. Lucky W. Okay. Yeah. We got ourselves a great group here. We've got Christina J, Terry P, Mitchell G, Chris G, Wanda R, Zane W, Karen K, and Lucky W. All right, let's roll. Christina J, please go ahead. Grab the mic. Good morning, Christina J. I'm sorry? No, you're fine, Christina. Go ahead. Okay. All right. Um, Normal. Conforming to a standard. Usual, Usual, typical, or expected. So our society has a definition of normal, and I don't think truly any of us are normal, including non-compulsive overeaters or non-alcoholics or whatever. I think people deal with life, how they deal with life. I think we're all here on this planet Earth to um, come to a higher place in ourselves, no matter what that path looks like. I was in the path of addiction, and um, that drove me to insanity with food and with my emotional state. Um, I thought I had a God. I thought I was walking with God, but I wasn't letting God in. If I take a bite, you know, I can, I can look normal. I can totally look normal. But if I take a bite, I go insane inside, and I'm not what people would say is normal, which is balanced, uh, dealing with life situations, blah, blah, blah. I don't know how to do that. You know, that's part of my sickness. Part of my soul sickness is my dis-ease of life not knowing how to go through life, uh, feeling validated, feeling loved, feeling respected. And so these things make me really uncomfortable because I think I have to go out of my way to make you like me, to have you validate my existence on this planet. I have to work really hard to get you to do that, and that's really uncomfortable. You know, these days I'm stepping off the proving ground, and I'm stepping into the arms of my God. And I had a friend tell me she was a soldier the other day in life, and it just has driven her to, you know, craziness. Yeah, I was a soldier all my life. My, I, 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 my soldierness. Today I'm letting it down, and I'm putting on the armor of God. That's the only way I can turn away from the bite, because the bite always brought me to a state of not being normal. Inside, I was crazy. Food does not. It comforts me for a while, but then I go crazy. My fear, my brain fills up with fear. I'm uncomfortable. I want more. I can't stop. Now, okay, so there's also the uh, overeating on the abstinent food, right? So I can do that. 
and I can, I can, uh, I, I actually can do that and not go into a full-blown relapse. I can have over at moderate, this and that. But do I want to? No. I want to feel good. Overeating my abstinent foods makes me feel stuffed. Actually, disconnects me from God because I become uncomfortable, and it doesn't keep me clear and connected and and, and present and alert and aware of what my brain is doing. Plus, if I'm going to go and try to say, "Oh, I can have an extra this or that," what is my soul really telling me? There's something there that I need to look at, and this is where the awareness comes in. The disease voice is, "You can you can do that. It's abstinent, but it, sure, I can do it." But right. do I want to do it? And I'll finish up with this. Thank you for letting me share. And I'm coming to more and more awareness every day of how I do not want to be disconnected from God. And for me, that would be normal to be connected. Thank you. Hey, Christina, I forgot to write down. Where are you from again? I forgot. Just went right out of my head. Christina J. Oh, uh, where I'm What's from? It? I'm from North Carolina. That's it. I should know that. All right. Thank you, Christina J. Nope. All righty. We are moving along now to Terry P. and then Mitchell G. Terry, please go ahead. Thank you for your service. I'm Jerry P. It's actually Jerry, like Tom and Jerry. Yes, um, thank you, Jerry. Thank you. I'm a recovering compulsive overeater, and I'm also a child of God, and I live at the solution today. You know, as I was, uh, the way that the reading contributed to my Where spiritual from, beginning. Central Florida. Okay, thank you. Uh, The way that the reading, the way that the reading contributed to my spiritual awakening was it made me consider the continuum. You know, I think that a doctor is an outsider of the disease. Um, Person looking at at it from an objective perspective, and they're trying to come up with rational. rational assessments of what they're perceiving. So the person before them who's maybe not as far gone, seems normal, seems able to conform, and that's actually true. Um, You know, we all have assets, um, and that's something that one forgets as one gets progressively sicker. You know, I have assets. um, But because I was a low bottom before I came into the fellowship a couple of decades ago, those were all eroded a lot of uh, instances, they weren't cultivated because I was obese as a child, although I'm extremely grateful I came into the program as a young woman. Otherwise, I'm confident I would have died. Um, but uh, what eventually happened to me was a lack of cultiva- cultivation of the qualities and also erosion, destruction, actually, with the behavior. Also, physiologically, what will happen to us if we're ingesting certain things and it just erodes our body. It causes decay. It causes disease. You know, my body isn't designed to consume a certain amount of calories. It's not designed to consume certain substances, particularly in excess. And then the phenomenon of craving, which one sponsor helped me and told me that I should think of it as hypersensitivity rather than an allergy. If I didn't like the term allergy, allergy. There are some substances that are going to cause an instantaneous reaction in me that aren't caused in other people. And this is not visible. You know, I would seem that I were normal until one would get to know me. Um, You know, what eventually happened to me 
is that I developed a rare cancer, even though I'm, I've, I've lost 100 pounds, nearly 100 pounds. It was a bit late, you know, many decades of harm uh, correlated into a rare cancer that's closely correlated with obesity. It's called triple negative breast cancer. And luckily, um, I, was, I was not compulsively overeating. So I was able to respond to chemotherapy, et cetera. With the help of this program, I could conform to other things. I could do other things that were suggested to me, um, not just program-related medical things. I'm very grateful. I don't often get a chance to share at this meeting. But, you know, what I've learned um, in other fellowships is that if we're not carrying the message of how we've spiritually awakened, how we have a, a psychic change or a completely new personality, we can make one another extremely, extremely sick. We can kill each other with what we say about the program um, and how to work it. Um, thank you for letting me share. And if no one told you that they love you, let me be the first and I'll pass. Thank you so much, Jerry P. from Central Florida. Glad to hear you. All right. Mitchell G. followed by Chris G. Go ahead, Mitchell. Good morning, everybody. My name is uh, Mitchell, and uh, I'm recovering from uh, this disease or reading. Um, it's my first time sharing at this meeting. I'm very uh, grateful to be here. Um, I've been absent around. Mitchell, where are you from? Oh, I'm from St. Petersburg, Florida. Sorry, I forgot that. Okay, yeah. that's fine. Anyway, uh, thank you. Uh, um, I'm nervous sharing here today, but um, I've been absent for about five weeks, and uh, I've been very uh, moved by the welcome I've received in this meeting. It's been kind of a very touching to me deeply to... Uh, um, I've been sober many, many years, and the love and outreach has been kind of quite moving to me. I've had some wonderful conversations with some people on this call. Anyway, uh, so thank you, everybody. Um, uh, I think that what I identify in this paragraph is that, um, you know, I'm um, what, what's, what was killing me is the condition. You know, I, I'm like I, I'm driven to eat by the condition of the mind and that um, and then of course the craving takes over because there's so many blind spots there's times when I've been driven to to eat and, and uh, against my will all the time and I don't even there's no reason there's no reason because I'm not emotionally upset I'm not you know there are times I do have eaten for comfort and ease and relaxation to relieve fatigue and exhaustion or anger but the times when it's the, the blind spot, and and what I'm trying to remember is that uh, is um, eating against my will is why I'm here. You know, that's really why I'm here. Uh, the physical aspect of this illness is alive and well, but it's the condition that's driving me that I need the higher power for, um, and that um, and and you know I I'm going through the big book with my sponsor and and. Uh, and the big book has you know, been a big part of what saved my life in the beverage program. And so it's important for me not to compare that I don't, you know, I, part of my mind was comparing a little bit. I, I didn't gain 300 pounds. I, you know, my mind was, the illness was comparing me to other people. And, um, and now I'm kind of slowly um, remembering uh, with more clarity um, just the, uh, volume of times because you know my first addiction was 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 food as a kid 
But the thing that really has unlocked my participation in LA after playing footsie with it for many years is um, when I hear that I'm alcoholic with food and alcoholic ingredients, for some reason, when that was that said to me, um, I, my mind, uh, there's, a, there's a click inside that, that, uh, that makes sense to me, as opposed to even more than trigger foods. And so I'm, I'm new in this, and I'm finding my way, and I'm, I'm just trying to kind of live in the set-aside prayer uh, of being open and um, to uh, learning and uh, having a new experience of, of uh, my recovery because I, I, I didn't come in here with my life being completely over. So anyway, I guess it's maybe my time now. But um, I know what it's like to be withdrawn, emotionally withdrawn, silently angry, acting really like a Dr. Jekyll and Hyde with my yep. family Time. and I on a lunch. So thank you. Thank you. Mitchell, so happy to have you aboard, so to speak, and great to hear you. So that's Mitchell G. from Florida. All right. Welcome. All right. Chris G., you're up, followed by Wanda R. Please go ahead, Chris. Thank you. Yes, this is Chris G. I, I do live in Tennessee, and I spell my name with a K. And... I am grateful to be here today, and thank you for doing service. So what's important here is that um, that sometimes um, I don't see other people as they are. I can think that I know what it looks like. What, what does this look like? What does that look like? Oh, I know what it, I can recognize it. But then I have my experience of my own experience, which is that there was a time when I was mentally ill and I appeared mentally ill. And when I tell people I used to be like that, they pretty much don't believe me. And when I tell people I used to be overweight, they pretty much don't think I have a problem with food. But I still can go back to what I had before because uh, I don't change. I, I, I have to take my medicine. I have to eat right. I have to do what I have to do. And it doesn't matter what other people think that I can do or can't do. I may appear to be able, intelligent, and a friendly person, but I can be miserable inside if I am practicing my disease. And so I, I, have, to, uh, I have to ask God to seek God for a, uh, for a spiritual reprieve on a daily basis. And it, it doesn't matter. I, I don't have to explain or educate other people on my uh, disease. I can just be self-diagnosed and know that, that it's not going to just go away and, 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 and I'm going to not just be like other people, even if I appear to be like other people. And with that, I pass. Thank you so much, Chris G. from Tennessee, and that's Chris with a K. All right, Wanda R., you're up, by, and then Zane W. is next. Go ahead, Wanda. Wanda, are you there? Press star one. Did we lose you, Wanda? Okay, well, we can come back to you, Wanda, so uh, let us know. All right, Zane W., you're up, followed by Karen K. Hi there, everybody. This is Zane W. in Chicago, Illinois. Um, 
I am a compulsive overeater. Thank you so much for everybody who makes this meeting happen. And um, yeah, I just want to check in. I'm I'm a lapsed member. Um, I essentially I was deep in the program, you know, uh, in my mid twenties and. Um, had a lot of blessings and success and healthfulness and I was sponsoring and sponsored and coming to this meeting and other meetings, working out of the book and all of it. And, uh, I just kind of lapsed during the pandemic and trying to white knuckle it essentially for the last three and a half years, or is it four years? Holy cow. One, two, yeah, four years. Wow. And, uh, it's not working. Um, so the reading connected because I, I, I might appear normal, but yeah, with food, I'm really not. And, um, yeah, I just want to report like white knuckling is not working both physically and emotionally. And, uh, even though I have a lot of blessings and in other programs and I, my disease tells me, well, you got to focus on other stuff. Well, this is starting to become a real problem. Last week I overate to the point of, you know, vomiting and, uh, I've been experiencing health problems, indigestion, heartburn, acid stuff that I've never experienced before for the last week and a half. And, 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 you know, I know that it's because I've been overeating. I've been eating the wrong types of foods and I've been eating too many of them. I've been saying, Oh, well, I'm not going this. I'm not eating sugar. I'm not eating that, but I'm overeating. And I do eat sugar sometimes. So it's a lie too. Um, so I just want to report that I'm powerless over food. My life is unmanageable. And this, this meeting being back on is giving me a ton of hope, so much hope. And it's just I'm grateful for all the people who've hung in there with me and taken my calls. And, um, so the doctor's opinion, I'm experiencing it. And, uh, you know, I'm coming out of one of those sprees. And I have a resolve to stop, but I know that I've been there countless times before, like it says. And anyway, I'm just, I want to do something different again. And I know this program can work because it has worked when I've worked it. Really grateful and open to all outreach. Uh, thank you very much. Thank you so much, Zane W. Welcome back. So happy to have Hi. you from Chicago, Illinois. All right, you- Wanda. Yeah, I'm so sorry. Yeah, I couldn't get my phone to work. <laughs> hey, no everybody. Go ahead. Good morning, everybody. What a what a, a a nice day to be joining everybody. I hope everybody uh, has an abstinent day. You know, normal is a setting on the washing machine. You know, uh, it's a learning curve. Uh, I had 14 years of bulimia, but I know that, uh, you know, trying to fit in, trying to, uh, you know, be normal, you know, was a goal of mine. And uh, I I did, I was able, I was intelligent, I was very friendly, you know, uh, but it was mentioned, you know, that there was um, internal internal uh, discrepancies, internal uh, turnings uh, that were uh, urges to do things that were, uh, you know, negative, uh, you know, overeating so that uh, it it was uh, a difficult uh, 
a learning curve, uh, you know, just being able to, uh, you know, for instance, I'm sorry I'm disjointed, but, uh, you know, I remember uh, my first husband brought home 10 oranges, and I ate them all. Now, that's not normal, you know. Uh, So what my learning was, if I want an orange, you know, buy one, you know, have one, you know. So uh, I had to do things uh, in a practical way. Uh, that limited my food. I lived across the street from a Dunkin' Donuts for five years, and I never went into it. I told myself not even for anything that's a forbidden place. I used to have to walk on the other side of the street if there was a bakery. I had to, uh, you know, at that time, uh, have plenty of dimes in my uh, purse because I might have to stop to make a phone call. You know, uh, the uh, bathroom and gas stations used to be my prayer room, and I'd pray, I guess, God for help, you know. And uh, I was, you know, I was normal, but uh, I had to have help. And I accepted God's help. And eventually, uh, I got abstinent. I remember my week, and I was like, oh, thank God I made it a week, you know. And then I added a day. I added one day, and then I added another day. And it was getting through each hour. And, uh, you know, the big book was the only reference we had for any literature when I came in when I was 23. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes. So anyway, uh, it's a learning curve and uh, hang in there, everybody. And uh, don't give up. Do not give up because if I did it, you could do it. Thanks. Thank you, Wanda. All right, Karen K. followed by Lucky W. And then we're going to take some more names. Just a friendly reminder, if folks came in late, we are on page XXX uh, in the doctor's opinion on the fourth paragraph. And there are types. Okay, Karen, please go ahead. Excuse me. Good morning. I'm I'm Karen K. from Syracuse. New York at my credit zone transfer. You know, I had an, an epiphany um, uh, about a month ago about, you know, I just, I wish it was just about the food. I really would because then it, things would be a lot easier. And I was um, in prayer meditation and it said, you know, God was just kind of speaking to me like, what stevia is for me or any artificial sweetener is what near beer is to booze. And that was really cool. I heard that like loud and clear. There's no negotiation. Um, I have to want this and need this and do this more than anything in my life. Um, I've, I've been quite sick for the past, I think, I think, I think it's been a month. And, um, you know, I just do the footwork, you know, sometimes just getting up and doing what I can for, for the day and calling it a day. 
um, and reaching out to to people. And how humbling I wanted just to say that uh, in the doctor's opinion, they know something about the ingredient, but they know it's a psychic change. They know it's about a relationship with a power greater than themselves. What what an amazing thing, you know, because that's what I do in, in the morning. I do my a two-way prayer, and um, I try to act on the actions that are given to me. And um, I'm having a hard time breathing, so I'm gonna. I'm just gonna end the call. I just thought it was important to to uh, share today, and um, to know that um, you know God is just a word. You know, it can be my higher power, but it just can't be me. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Karen Kay. Hope you feel better soon from uh, Syracuse, New York. All right, Lucky W. And then we're gonna take a few other names. Hey, everybody. I'm Lucky W. from Nashville, Tennessee. Um, What is interesting to me about this little passage is, yeah, I would consider myself able, intelligent, and friendly. And uh, part of that is, you know, that I learned really, really young. You know, I knew the things that that were going on in my home life were not normal, or at least I thought they weren't. Um, I sort of had an intuition that something was wrong and that it was my job to appear as normal as possible. And so I developed characteristics uh, like being, you know, a good student and non-problematic and passive and friendly and just a good girl overall. So my addict brain is the bad girl, and uh, she wants what she wants when she wants it. And um, it's the uh, practice of kind of, you know, giving that part of me a space. Um, I don't know. I read somewhere that that that, that part of me can ride in the back seat, but they can never, never drive. So, um, yeah, I'm trying to acknowledge, you know, that. I don't always feel um, great, and I don't have to. Um, and, yeah, I was really glad not to cross talk, but the, the fruit overeating is so, it's like music to my ears because I am really unable to eat fruit. I cut out all the other sugar, but I was, like, mowing down grapes and, you know, stuff. And, and I had to really... Um, Stop and you know it brought up a lot of shame in me because I felt like that seemed abnormal among the uh, addicts. And when I feel abnormal among the addicts, I you know I really start to pick on myself. So I'm um, I'm so grateful for everybody that shared. I'm so grateful that this meeting exists because it does give me hope and mostly it just helps me to focus and remember that there is a higher power that I can lean on. I will definitely, you know, edge God out ego um, when I don't have a daily reminder or a daily discipline practice to help me um, ask my higher power and turn my will and life over. So with that, I will pass. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Lucky W. from Nashville, Tennessee. 
Okay, just a friendly reminder, folks, we're on page XXX in the doc op, fourth paragraph. Who else would like to share on what was read? Don't be shy. We'd love to hear from you. Michelle G. Michelle. Anyone else? I think we have time for about four. My name is Marlene. I'm a compulsive reader, but I don't know if I pressed the right button. Marlene, I can hear you. So, yes, if you'd like to share, I can put you on the list. Thank you. Marlene, what's the initial of your last name? Morizy. S. S. Okay. Morizy, got you too. Anyone else? Miriam J. Miriam J. All right. There we go. Awesome, everyone. Okay, so I've got Michelle G, Marlene S, Maura Z, and Miriam J. All right, go ahead, Michelle. You're up. Thank you. Thanks for your service. Um, my name is Michelle G. I'm a recovered bulimic from uh, Massachusetts. And um, I just wanted to jump in and say that um, I used to say my bottom line was as long as I didn't throw up um everything was 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 okay and uh that I would be I guess I thought I would I would be um perfect um that like I would have control um and I was surprised to find out that I had to be a compulsive overeater to be bulimic really and um <clears throat> So it was a it was a case of like elimination in the sense of um every time I had foods that I could eat safely over time I couldn't eat them safely and it was so frustrating and I think what's happened is it's a constant reminder that I'm powerless because I thought I think I just assumed that once I was not throwing up that um that I would have control back, I guess. And um and I just, you know, I learned that I was more out of control than ever. And uh, so that's been hard. That's just been, you know, every time I have not every time, but um, you know, I have foods that I've just eliminated over time because I just see, you know, like a bag of anything. I like I have no business snacking, like, you know, opening up a bag of anything and thinking that, um, you know, I can have a serving size because a serving size is, you know, a whole bag, as we know. Um, so it's just it's been a learning learning process. And, you know, I, I didn't think I had, you know, allergic foods. Um, I just thought it was, you know, the whole purging thing that, that was my problem. And, um, and I just come to find out it was just, more than that and it has been that case and and I just I had a moment the other day where I just I I felt like maybe just one purge and um and it scared me I had to like get very honest and I felt really um I don't know anyway um 
I'm glad to be able to share today, and um, and I'm glad that that um, that I can live and be honest with myself and with others and with my higher power. <clears throat> Thanks for letting me share. I'll pass. Thank you, Michelle G. from Massachusetts. Marlene S., please go ahead. Cheryl, what was read, please? Um, I'm Marlene S. from Orlando, Florida, and um, I've been listening for two years. I feel it more like a peeping Tom, and I never talk. But I want, anyhow, I love this sentence, and it, it says, we're, and it's so true, then there are types entirely normal in every respect, except in the effect food has upon them. And I, um, I've been in the, I came in the program in 1987 through a treatment program, and it was a very good program. However, this is a very insidious disease. I now I am abstinent and have some time, but I have to be religiously honest every day. And unless there's a total psychic change, that old compulsive eater will pop up like a bad penny. So I'm very grateful for everyone calling me. I have had so many wonderful, loving calls. I am in the middle of lots of physical therapy. I've had knee replacement surgery and can hardly walk. So I'm preoccupied a lot with going to physical therapy and my meetings and working. So thank you very much for your gracious love that our program you're, and, and everybody here has been sharing and reaching out to me. I appreciate all of you, and thank you for the love. Have a good day. Thank you, Marlene S. from Orlando, Florida. Uh, we wish you quick healing. Um, all right. Great to hear from you. All righty. Mara Z. followed by Marion J. Go ahead, Mara. Thank you, Amy, for your service. I'm Maura Z. I'm gratefully recovered by God's grace and mercy, and I live in Virginia. I always thought I was normal, um, except for the fact that I was obese for much of my life. I was a happy person. I was intelligent. I was friendly. And I was lying to myself because I was not a happy person. Mm. Yes, I was intelligent. Yes, I was friendly. Except if I was during um, some kind of emotional upset, in which point I was not a friendly person. If you got between me and my food, I was not a friendly person. So it's um, a bit of a quandary that I can think of myself as normal and then realize, no, you're not normal. Normal people don't eat like this. Normal people don't abuse food, abuse food like this, and they don't abuse their own bodies like this. And that's what I was doing. So no, I wasn't normal. I was a compulsive overeater undiagnosed. And coming into these rooms, and especially this meeting, helped me identify in and realize, okay, I may not be normal, quote unquote, like society likes to label, but I am a human being and I have a disease and I have stumbled upon this amazing organization 
that is only concerned with carrying the message that there is hope, that there is hope. What an amazing gift there is. And that doing some simple steps, not necessarily easy, but by doing some simple steps and doing the work rigorously, honestly, and clean of the food, then I can hope to have a normal life, whatever normal means to you. And I think that's the important point of that, is that normal means different things to different people. I'm normal today because I have a way out. I have a connection in my higher power that helps me to realize when I am making a mistake or helps me to realize when I'm having a good day. I have a connection to a higher power that enables me to live my life the way I hope he wants me to live it. And with that, I'll share. With that, I'll pass. Thank you for letting me share. Thank you so much, Mara Z from Virginia. Okay, Miriam J. might have time for another after that as well. All right, go ahead, Miriam. Hi, this is Miriam J. from Massachusetts, grateful, recovering, compulsive overeater. Uh, when I was introduced to the big book, I loved this sentence paragraph because finally there was a category for me. I was mostly normal. I was able. I was intelligent. All these wonderful things. Otherwise, I didn't think I'd fit in. Today, um, after you know, reading and studying this book for decades, uh, I kind of chuckle because uh, I don't even know what normal is. I don't need to know what normal is. I just need to know that I belong in this program because I am a compulsive overeater. I have an allergy to certain foods and I have a spiritual illness that also has physical and emotional components. And without the directions in this book, I can't get well. And it doesn't matter whether I'm normal or not. But I will say, from the idea that I did have of what normal looked like, (laughs) I'm not normal. Uh, I have more problems than I thought I had. I have more messed up thinking than I thought I had. I have maladaptive coping mechanisms, as one of my fellow um, fellows in this program says. You know, I just don't cope well. Um, But the book gives me a direction, uh, gives me directions. And when I follow them, uh, life is far more normal than it ever was. And I'm so grateful. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you so much, Miriam J. from Massachusetts. Uh, looks like we have time for probably one, maybe two shares. Who would like to chime in? Lee H. Lee H. Nicole. All right, okay. Nicole. Let's see. Nicole J. All right, let's see how we how we go here. Lee, please go ahead. Okay, thank you so much, Amy. Uh, this is Lee H. and I live in Tennessee and haven't spoken on this line for a while. I'm so grateful to be here. Um, I'm looking out, and it's really foggy this morning, and it, it just, as I read this paragraph it, and looking out at the fog, um, I realized that, you know, I can easily get in a fog if I'm not um, 
working this program. And I've been here for about five years now and um, have gotten abstinent and had several sponsors. And uh, I just love this program. Um, I can still try to tell myself that I'm normal. And that that can be the slip is when I'm not honest with myself about my disease. Um, I was, you know, this normal in every way, friendly, intelligent person, I guess. Uh, and But that was what I would do is I would just tell myself, oh, this is normal. I want to be like normal people. This is, you know, just striving to be normal. And instead of um, really being thankful that I, I know the truth about myself and I am this distinct entity, um, I had this this same thing that all of you have, and just maybe in a different way. Um, I tried to kind of, you know, identify out, too. I think that goes with, you know, the lie that I'm normal. But we don't really know what normal is, do we? We're, we're all distinct entities, and that can be such a gift. So I'm really grateful to be here, and I'll pass. Thank you so much, Lee H. from Tennessee. Nicole, uh, you're up. Please go ahead. Thank you. I'm Nicole J. in Virginia, recovering compulsive reader. And I was just thinking as I was walking that I'm just really grateful for these descriptions in the doctor's opinion about the different ways that <clears throat> Dr. Silkworth saw the disease manifest among the different alcoholics and the different expressions of it. And I'm so grateful to know, like, that there's so many different ways that this can appear in a person's life, and that you do really self-diagnose. And it's kind of weird to think that, you know, there would ever be a time where we could all eat the same food plan or all abstain from the same foods or same behaviors because it's different for all of us, which means sometimes I can try and rationalize, well, I could probably do this because they do that, which is just not true at all, there's that element of honesty. And I knew as a kid, as a kid I knew, when I was six, I knew I am something weird about me because the other kids aren't doing what I do. Like, they all start eating candy. They they can stop, and I can't. I knew. And, um, and I'm grateful that at a young age I heard about OA. Um, I wonder sometimes if I had been given the directions that are in this book and led the way I'm being led have been different, but I think I would have, I think the experiences that I have had with so many relapses and so many times of trying to go back and be a normal eater after a long period of abstinence, thinking that I had earned that, I think all those experiences prepared me for what I would really need to do and, and would get me willing to do those things. And I also think that those experiences have helped me develop compassion for people whose experiences are like all over the map. I don't know. All, I, all we have is the simple instructions, and we have God first and foremost. So I was thinking also, finally, that I guess what program gives me is not a normal life. I think it gives me God, and so I get a supernatural life. Because anybody who's experiencing miracles is experiencing the supernatural and every day 
and we know people who become, I think that's what that fifth and fourth dimension is talking about. I'm experiencing the supernatural power of God. Thanks for letting me share. Thank you, Nicole J. from Virginia. Perfect timing. I'd like to thank everyone who shared. Um, and thank you, everyone, for your service for Team Thursday for the month of January. Y'all are rock stars. Okay, so please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following the closing of this meeting. The share ID for today, Thursday, uh, January 24, 7 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting, January 24, 2024, is 21,072. That's 21072. That's the reference ID. Okay, we will now close with a reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> this is okay. Judy. I forgot this about that. I don't know how I just read this right over that, so please go ahead. Okay, this is Judy N., um, a compulsive overeater living in recovery in Maryland. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right. Great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is a great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you.